Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 274 of Sack King's Therapy, a national TV um, version of the Sack King's Therapy, where the Kings beat the Knicks 122 to 117 at home on TNT. Great win for the Kings. Let's just start there. Uh, oh, well, before we actually start, I uh, should probably introduce Fall. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, good win, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, from the looks at the start of the game, I, I, I thought it was going to be much different. I thought we were going to take it, you know, take it in the bag. But, you know, the Knicks got to make it interesting, I guess. Same with the Kings. Yeah, so the the, the game opened up. Uh, I thought the Kings played their style very well. Like the the Knicks were trying to muck it up and make it a, like a physical grind out game, but it wasn't really clicking. They weren't hitting shots, and what became a theme throughout the night, they could not hit from three. There were specific players that were hitting threes, like Jalen Brunson, but he was out for the second half. But they were trying to muck it up, and the Kings were able to kind of break free, like the way I describe it. Like they made the Knicks play their style, and it played into the Kings' hands. And they ended up getting a really big lead going into halftime. Uh, let me see the actual score. They had a 16 point lead, it was as much as 20 at one point. Yeah, that first half, not gonna lie. I don't know how to describe the Knicks' offense, but it was atrocious <laughs> i gotta say like rj barrett couldn't get anything going much uh Jules randall i mean sort out castle as well and i mean the rest of the crew besides Jalen brunson i'd say was the only kind of shining light for the knicks i love Jalen brunson he's so good he's so tactical so shifty he, he's like he's an absolute weapon like he's up there i think with like well, I didn't watch Prime Chris Paul, but this is what I imagine Prime Chris Paul will be. Just like the stops and starts, like the way to use angles, the way to use your body. Just he's mastered his craft, basically. And yeah, like they, they really missed him in the second half. But yeah, he was torching the Kings. Like every everyone had a rough game. Like Julius Randle, credit to the Kings defense. He, they held him like to a very like bad shooting night and then the first in the first half it was really bad because they doubled him constantly and he, he couldn't really like you know find the open man or like take advantage of the doubles and yeah credit to the king's defense for you know holding him to a really bad shooting night overall but like it was really bad in, in the first half yeah i mean i felt like he kind of chucked a lot of shots but then again if we remember from last year in that fourth quarter against the knicks <laughs> Yeah, he he could he could get real hot, but luckily he didn't from the whole game really. But this is a different Kings team. This is no longer that team that refuses to double him for some reason, you know. And <laughs> yeah, doubling him it, it tends to throw him off a little bit. And Kings were good at like the spots they were doubling him from, so it doesn't make it as easy. But yeah, rough game from him. And then yeah, as you mentioned, R.J. Barrett just like he's a he's a I tend to believe in rj barrett but the offensive stuff i don't know man i don't know if he's gonna get that much better like he's not a good finisher he's not a good shooter and you know like in the pick and roll he's not exactly any good he's not exactly any good it's it's tough for him and then on defense this game he wasn't much um he was he didn't do much on offense i'll just say that even though like he was all right in the second half 
Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I could see him better on a different team, alternate and next, to be honest. Yeah, probably like away from Julius Randle because they kind they don't play the same way, but they succeed in the same manner, like getting to the rim, you know, with shooters and with space. And I, I don't know what team that would be, but like just another team that could use like kind of a wing type play. You know, if the I don't know if they could do it, but if Cleveland can somehow swing a trade for him, that'd be great. I don't know if they got the pieces for it. Hmm. Yeah. I well, they have the pieces so. for it. Is that do you want to give up those pieces? <clears throat> yeah, in my opinion, no. <laughs> So, but yeah, RJ Barrett, somewhat, somewhat disappointing. But in the second half, uh, Jalen Brunson was out. Uh, he re-injured his foot. Really unfortunate for the Knicks. But the Knicks started to started to kind of gr- really muck up the game, uh, is how I like to describe it. Like, they started getting to the free throw line. They started hitting some shots, which was good. But, you know, the Kings offense kind of cooled down a little bit. And the and the Knicks just started to play their way, and the Knicks and the Kings basically couldn't counter because their offense had slowed down, their defense is what it is, and they slowly let the let the Knicks right back in it by you know just cut, like the Knicks were just grinding. The Knicks had twenty six offensive rebounds this game, or 23, 23, My bad. But like they got so many offensive rebounds, they they slowed the game down. They started getting very physical, and it was just it like the Kings just did couldn't counter basically. Yeah, and it's all because of Josh Hart and Mitchell Robinson. And my God, Josh Hart throughout the whole game, I'd say, just annoying as fuck. And he was at the right place at the right time, especially for the rebounds as well. Fifteen rebounds. Almost uh, like uh, combined both Harnstein and Robinson's in a way, uh, just two less, but just one guy got 15 whole rebounds. And eight of them on the offensive. And I don't know if you mentioned that, but like no, just, yeah. but he was just ever, he was just in the right place at the right time, plays with great energy. There were moments where he just dislodged the rebound off of like an actual rebound. It got it got so bad in the fourth quarter. Like Sabonis literally screamed out loud when he got the rebound, like you know, off of Josh Hart. Like it was, mm-hmm. he just hyped everyone up because, like, he was just so active, so annoying that at at like in the fourth quarter, the Kings were just so done with him. Like, just a great player, found a way to contribute. Only took four shots this game. But he really, like I had to say, he really did almost control the game all on his own. Yeah, seven assists also forgot to mention. And he was really good at like kind of facilitating that offense, even though the Knicks offense was kind of stagnated, I feel, without uh, both Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart out there. But uh, other than that, like, I mean, he, he, he was, I would say, the core of the Knicks offense for sure this game. Like I, I I say like he's really, really good in the fast break. Like he's like sneaky good finisher. Um the Knicks had talked about like his left to right crossover layup is one of the most like go it's it's like a it's a knockdown shot, basically, even though it's a layup. But he is a really, really good finisher, knows it knows how to use his body and protect the ball. Like just really good on that. And 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 like he uses that threat to also set guys up. And he did it a few times in the half court too, but in the fast break, he was a force, even though like, you know, he's not LeBron by any means, but he doesn't bully his way to the rim. But he literally just 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 
dismantle the defense and almost in the same way that a LeBron would with just, you know, the rim pressure that he puts on uh, the Kings. Yeah, I mean, Josh Hart kind of reminded me that, you know, our transition defense is not great <laughs> by any means. Um, definitely, like, we needed more guys to run back on defense, but, I mean, they had the numbers almost in every single transition, and I got to say, I got to check how many points they got both in second chance and uh, in transition. But yeah, there were multiple moments where the I don't know what happened with the Kings transition defense. There were multiple pick six layup. Well, not pick six layup, cherry picking layups that the uh that the Knicks got. And I don't know what it is, but yeah, when Josh Hart like attacked on the break, it was gonna be a bucket. And you know, credit to Josh Hart. Like it, may, it almost makes you like I was hoping like the Kings could actually get him in the offseason, but they ultimately didn't. And because we got Malik Monk, like s- not similar kind of players, but like I thought Dante was a similar player to him. And like, we got Dante at the, at that time. Like, okay, so we don't, so it doesn't make sense to get Josh Hart, but like Josh Hart would be nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, like, honestly, if, if the Kings could somehow get Josh Hart, like I think the Kings really also like rim protector is the priority. Right. But like a guy that can put pressure on the rim. Cause like, I am tired of the, of the, like the, the launch, like the jack up three guys, like that doesn't put as much pressure as like I think a a consistent rim protect like a rim penetrator like a Josh Hart would. But yeah, Josh Hart was just so good this game. Like I'm glad we we don't see him for the rest of the year because fuck me, he was annoying. <laughs> oh yeah. So let's see. Knicks had 23 fast break points and 17 second chance points to our seven and four uh, respectively. <laughs> so yeah, they were. They were controlling those uh, rebounds and uh, transition plays. And it was basically the only reason why they were in the game because they shot horrific from from uh, three-point line, like 13 for 50, 26%. I don't know why they were launching so much. They're not a good shooting team anyways. I, I don't know what that was about. But the Kings, the Kings themselves, like they actually attacked the rim a lot. They didn't shoot well from three themselves, but like I like it when they just attack the rim. And, you know, they settled for a lot of jack-up threes. Malik was hot for, for a stretch, but he really cooled down in the second half. But they constantly just attack the rim and just be able to put pressure and then create good shots off of that. Unfortunately, when they when when they falter, is usually when they start just settling for jump shots. And it's a thing they're going to need to kind of look into and see if they can solve. Because, you know, while the Kings were up, like I, I saw on Twitter, like King's Twitter is like, you know, really feeling themselves like, well, you can't score along with this team. Like, you know, the pressure that the Kings put on you by make, making you have to score on every possession, that's unbeatable. Unfortunately, I've watched too many game, Kings games where they are very much beatable because their offense will always hit a stagnant point at some point, like in the second half or like in the, it's gonna, they're gonna go into a drought. And that's when like the Kings are vulnerable to like the other team because their defense is what it is. And the other team is going to going to be able to score pretty easily, get easy shots. And that's when the Kings are getting into trouble because a lot, unfortunately, when they go on droughts, teams can keep up with them and they always go on droughts. Yeah. That's another thing I've noticed as well, especially on like really bad shots that, you know, shouldn't be, uh, you know, made, especially those uh, 
bad threes, it always ends up with some sort of score on the other end because, you know, it's a quick transition play for the uh, easy two. Look, don't get me wrong. I love Malik Monk. I hate his pull-up threes. Like he had, he had them, he had a few this game, but like during, during that stretch, when the 20 point lead was shrinking, there was, there were, there were two pull-up threes that he just break that he just bricked. And I just thought get to the rim. Like they can't stop you from getting to the rim. Just go to the rim. Stop settling for these jump shots, but it is what it is. We'll see if the Kings can make an adjustment, but overall, I thought they were really good at attacking the rim. Like I'm nitpicking about the jacking up threes thing, but again, they, they played it. Like, they matched the Knicks' physicality for the most part outside of the rebounding, but, like, scoring-wise, like, Sabonis was going down low. Um, like, guys were attacking the rim. And also, like, let, let's let's not get this twisted. Refs were pretty weird this game. They called a lot of touch fouls on both sides. So, like, getting to the rim in these situations is very important, and the Kings did that. Oh, yeah. And going back to the weight moment thing, at least it's not Buddy healed, I'd say, because... <laughs> At least Monk has some sort of better handles and, you know, I guess better mindset when it comes to uh, making better freeze. And uh, I mean, that's a bonus and uh, Monk game is still there (laughs) for, you know, the taking. Like, I I hate this term. Malik's got a bigger bag than Buddy does. And it, Mm. it matters because... You know, he can, like, Malik is reliable handling the ball. Now, he can have, like, some weird turnovers, every like, some bad turnovers every now and then. But he's a guy that I'm not having a heart attack every time he triples the ball near a guy. And all, here's the other thing. Like, Buddy has improved. I'll give him credit for that, like, from some of the Indiana games I've seen. But at the same time, like, the ability to actually create separation is so, is so drastically like there is a chasm but between that between Malik's ability to create separation and Buddy's ability to create separation. That quick release isn't that isn't a isn't exactly a luxury when you cannot get separation. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Although honestly, I see Kevin Herter as more of a replacement for Buddy, and how big of an upgrade that is. Just like even when his shot's not going down, Herter actually has an inside game that he can go to, and he can handle the ball. He's sneaky, good finishing. Like, you know, the overall like the upgrade, the upgrade over Buddy, and not a shot. Not this is not as big of a shot to Buddy, but I the, the upgrade with Herter and Monk is just so drastic from last oh, year, and pretty much the same price as one Buddy. Exactly, which that's pretty incredible all on its own. Like I, I was thinking, like man, Duncan Robinson is like earning twenty million dollars, and Herder is earning what thirteen this year, and then I think he then last year is like maybe fourteen to sixteen. I, I forgot. Like talk about like just man, what a steal! Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, the fourth quarter, uh, it was it was a bit of a shit show. Um, uh, the the Nets or the Knicks were able to cut the lead down to one at one point, but then De'Aaron Fox woke up in the fourth quarter goes on a like a 7-0 run all by himself to bring to bring the lead back up. And then and then the Knicks kind of, like it goes into a bit of a back and forth and then just some weird turnovers. Like the Kings like in one on uh, one position just randomly throw the ball to the Knicks and the Knicks instead of taking advantage just literally Julius Randle just throws the ball like to nobody in the corner and turns it over right away. And then Josh Hart like had this just one of the weirdest turnovers I've ever seen where he literally deflects his own ball with his left hand. And it's a turnover, a crucial turnover. The the Kings, I believe score on the next possession. 
And then Julius mm-hmm. Randle dribbles the ball off of Harrison Barnes's hand for no reason. Like I like I do feel for Wop sometimes when he's tweeting about the Knicks. I I understand why. Yeah, those kinds of plays, you know, shouldn't have happened. Sadly, I mean, it's kind of I don't I don't know how to even call it. It's just mistakes that are pretty common, I'd say, with the Knicks so far throughout the season. Yeah, like it's, it's like I don't even know how to really like Julius Randle was was good this game. Like he really picked it up in the second half. Like you know he was physical. He he actually started like adjust. He made some really nice passes, but he'll just do weird stuff. Like it's just one of those things, and I can understand like why he why like Knicks fans are can be frustrated with him. He's a good he's a good player. Like I, I have shitted on him in the past, um, but. Like, yeah, there are just times. This is where they miss Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson would have settled them down. And unfortunately, he was not there. And this is what you get, unfortunately. Yeah. 19 points in the first half. I can't even imagine what how much many points he will have in the second half. Yeah. And, you know, we were we were waiting for that second half. And it, it kind of came. Like, it wasn't the explosion that it was last year. But, the, again, he mucked it up. He was physical. He started kind of you know, really putting a shoulder into guys like Harrison Barnes is cannot really cannot guard uh, Julius Randle one on one. But like Harrison was smart enough to angle him into the double teams. And yeah, Julius Randle up until about the fourth quarter just could not really score on Harrison like one on one because the doubles would come. But, you know, Harrison can't guard him one on one. That's just unfortunate. That's just something that the Kings cannot do. Oh, yeah. They did put some bonus on him for a few possessions, and that is the matchup that that is that is a good matchup uh, between the two. But the Kings don't have another center, unfortunately. If well, they don't want you know Sabonis getting foul trouble either and wear him down as well. Yeah, he had what? Oh, four fouls. I thought he had five, but I mean, it was yeah, it was getting there if they uh, tried to foul Sabonis more. Yeah, um, and. You know, it, it's it is what it is. The Kings just don't match up well against big teams like this. This is where it, I really hope they get a they've solved this issue. Like Harrison is a good is a good defender, but he, yeah, again, a guy like Julius Randle is just too big for him. Speaking of the center position, Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah Hardenstein, by the way, in the fourth quarter, he played the I, he played I think the last two the last two minutes or like the last four minutes of the fourth or of the third quarter. And then the rest of the fourth quarter, which was really weird because Mitchell Robinson was sitting right there. He he had four fouls, but why does that matter in the fourth quarter? And Isaiah Hardenstein had a bloody leg. <laughs> and he played the entire game. Now, credit him for being a tough son of a bitch. What the fuck is Tim's doing? I don't know. Like I liked how the camera man kept on showing Mitchell Robinson. Oh, he's he's coming in soon. He's coming in. And then what you know, time goes by, Isaiah, his knee gets bloodier, he gets his fifth foul. We see Mitchell Robinson on the bench again doing his warm-up clothes. And he and the game ends. Like literally, yeah. Why why is Isaiah still out there? He I mean, props to him for you know balling it out with a bloody knee and all that, but dear God, like I felt like Mitchell Robinson could have helped some somehow or one another. Like, you know, how like you know, Fox attacked the room relentlessly on the on like during the fourth quarter. It would have helped to have a rim protector back there. I'm just saying. 
granted, I'm pretty sure he would have fouled Fox because that's just how he plays. But I, I don't know. Like, again, again, all the props to Isaiah Hartenstein. But what the fuck? Like, sit the man <laughs> down. The man's leg is literally red at one point. I don't know anymore. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, Tibbs, Tibbs is a weird coach. But, yeah, um, ultimately, like, really good win by the Kings. Uh, just, uh, you know, they, they made a statement on national TV. Apparently some people are like, you know, finding out about the beam and how the, uh, and how the, all the process works. Like, it's just, it, it's nice to get this on national TV. Unfortunately, we were not able to watch the uh, TNT post the inside the NBA broadcast, but like, just, you know, just bringing this on a national level and like the Kings being able to rise to the occasion. They're ready for they're I think they're ready at this point. Like, I don't think it's a crazy statement to make anymore. Yeah, can't wait to see some more prime time TV. I actually wonder if we'll uh if they'll announce more uh showings for the Kings in, in the next what 17 more games adding left. I mean, yeah, like well, the, the playoffs games will be national, and it oh, looks yeah. like and for the most part, like I think I'm safe to say this the Kings will make the playoffs at this point. <laughs> so and also 39th win. That yeah. matches their highest total since t- 2006. Yeah, that that's crazy. Are we back in second? And we are back in second. <laughs> this is, I mean, th- this is probably a tough question. Can the Kings win one more game to break to break <laughs> the 39 record? I think that <laughs> question it will be a rest- astounding yes. Yeah, they are like I don't I don't know if they'll reach fifty games. I, I'm going to say forty eight at this point. Like what I I did I say I think I think I said forty and then you said forty one and forty one, right? Yeah. So yeah, like they they've blown past all expectations. Like this is pretty much all. We, this is pretty much everything we're going to hope for and more. Now, granted, the defense is still shit, as we've mentioned. Like that's good. That hopefully next year <laughs> next year it gets a little better. But like, yeah, this this season has been amazing, and to see them like finally reach relevancy again, and the national media is actually talking about them in a positive light. The vibes, the vibes have fine. Everything has kind of aligned, and the vibes are just all good in Sacramento right now. Oh yeah, despite the despite the ridiculous weather that's outside right now. Yeah, I I don't even know. I for some reason I thought was going to be sunny today, and like hours later poor and and then the winds i was like what the fuck yeah yeah it's gonna be bad in sacramento especially the northern areas where like there's gonna be flooding so yeah for those of you that are listening in sacramento please be careful out there especially if you live in an area that is susceptible to flooding yeah stay safe out there guys we, yeah. we got the beam but let's not go crazy yeah, and we also get more water for you know our droughts, I guess. But dear God, it's—is it worth? It? But at what cost? Yeah, this I was know. not. This was not what I wanted. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised our power didn't go out during the game. I would. That's that. That would be terrible. <laughs> or the beam turns off, or somehow the. Um, oh, they arena. might have a backup generator for that shit. I, I bet. Yeah. I imagine I, they do. But imagine going to a game right now, like in that in that crazy ass weather, just blowing in the wind. I I feel like we have that like way in the past. Uh, I can't you know recall a like a terrible moment where it's super windy or super rainy. But I I remember going to an arena a couple times wet, and it's 
uncomfortable to say the least. And and check this out. We can we we can actually go to a game when it gets warm. Because they're oh. gonna be they're gonna be going into, you know, April and May. That's right. And finals are June-ish. Yeah, early June. Let's let's relax. Okay. Let's relax. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not going that far. But, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean there, I mean, even Zach Lowe was talking about like there is a reality where the Kings couldn't make the conference finals just like I, I was listening to a group chat on the ringer and the, you know, they basically dismissed the Kings of any, any viability against a playoff matchup. Like for example, like they completely dismissed the fact that the Kings could beat the Mavericks because like, you know, Luca and Kyrie are more proven and, you know, are, you know, he, they're not wrong. The Kings don't play defense and Sabonis likely will get torched. But then I think about it, like on the other side, like you trust you trust Dwight Powell. <laughs> like yeah. the the thing with the Kings is that sure the like the Mavs have the be- probably the best two players on that like in the series. You go down like three to ten, it's pretty much all Kings. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, whoever plays defense first between those two, I mean, I feel I will win the game really. And also, like, you know, the, the like, I don't trust the Clippers. I the Clippers would give the Kings a lot of problems. The only one I truly fear is the is the is the Suns. Like, I would even I would even welcome a Warrior series, honestly. Like, I like I think the I think the Kings give give the Warriors problems, especially if Gary Payton is not healthy. Hmm. So I don't know. Like, you know what? I'm talking myself into believing in this team. Yeah, I guess we shall see. We shall see. And yes, you know, great, great win on national TV. Bring the national exposure. Kings get their 39th win. It's 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 another big moment. Now, I don't believe this is as big as what the Clippers game was because, you know, they won that game and they managed to separate themselves from the pack because of that game. But this is a big win. This is like, you know, top five in the last most important wins of of this not of this season, but like of the last 16 years, like there's been a lot of those just piling up and the Kings keep rising to the occasion. Yep. And we shall see how far we go in the playoffs. Who do we play next? I believe we play the Suns uh, next game. Oh yeah. Right. On Saturday, I believe. Yes. So... Or... God damn it. Hold on. What day? What day is it? God damn it. It's on the 11th. Yes, it's on a Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot what day it was today for some reason. I can't think it was a Wednesday. Yeah, a it's Friday. No, I was about to say it's Friday. No, it's Thursday still. Jeez, it is Thursday. Now, uh, I don't, I don't know if this. I mean, it matters. Like, I probably would have picked the Kings. I would have believed that the Kings could win the, against the Suns, but now that Kevin Durant's out, it's a bit more up in the air. Mm, for, is- like, I think the Kings have a chance really stupid way that he got injured too like just the most unfortunate way possible slipping in warm-ups and just rolling his ankle and he's out for basically he's out for i think three weeks so which basically is is the end of the regular season which that's really unfortunate yeah it's it's pretty terrible actually let's see is this at home no this is in phoenix oh darn that uh well Hmm. Yeah, that that'd be a tough game. I'd say <laughs> I feel like the home crowd uh, makes it a little better in our favor. But uh, yeah, the Suns. I mean, it's gonna be 
50 book time, I guess. Yeah. And uh, the matchup predictor, 57% to, uh, Phoenix predicting predicted to win. Is that with or without <laughs> Durant? I believe it's been updated because it's it, I mean, it's happened for it's been a day, right? So, yeah. Hmm. I see. Well, oh. speedy recovery to Kevin Durant. I really hate to see that. Again, just the weirdest. And Jonathan Kaminga got injured today in warm-ups too. Uh, before really? The, before the Grizzlies game. Just a weird string of injuries as of late. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I would have been pretty excited to see Durant, um, you know, playing the Suns uniform. I mean, at home, I meant. But, yeah, it's too bad to see that he's not going to, you know, see that probably until hopefully the playoffs yeah um we'll see we'll just see how that goes like i'm not really a believer in this team either like the talent dictates that they're probably the best team in the playoffs i also believe that chris paul is done so that's just me yeah (laughs) and also like you know like there's the clippers curse there's you know the king's curse there's also the sun's curse I just don't think they're going to really make much noise. And honestly, if they play the Warriors, I pick the Warriors in that <laughs> series. That that's what I'll say. Oh, well, let's with see. Durant, mind you. So, yeah, let's see how the matchups are because once the standings get a little more um settled in because that 6-7-8, my gosh, one or one win or one loss is already flipped around. And yeah, we well, we, we briefly mentioned it, but with this win, uh, we are once again the the two seed. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Kings keep on that two seed? Uh, that's tough to say, in my opinion. I'd say we're gonna toggle between two and three, maybe depending on how the Grizzlies, uh, you know, falter or uh, you know, proceed throughout the rest of the season, but uh. I wouldn't be surprised if we somehow keep the second seed uh, a little while longer. I think the Kings keep the two seed. You think Me- so? Memphis mm. is falling apart right now. Mm. Granted, they just they just beat the Warriors, and I don't mm. what the fuck Warriors. I don't know what the hell's wrong with them. But uh, <laughs> like Draymond's busy getting into a weird feud with Dylan Brooks. Like at a, like at some point, you might have to eat shit. <laughs> like you keep talking like that, Draymond. But yeah. You, you know um yeah i i just think like there's it's it's a mess over there right now and you know they lost the lakers i don't know if you saw that game my god that was the, dylan brooks lost that game for them <laughs> it, was, it was incredible how like he was open for i shit you not three straight quarter threes bricked all three while the game was close and that was basically the game it was it was an incredible moment uh. um but I think they're falling apart, and I think the Kings are surging, and I think they will keep the second seed. I don't know. There's no way they're going to catch Denver, but no, the second seed is very much theirs, theirs to lose, I think. I I feel like between the second and third seed, it's a – well, when it comes to, you know, going to playoffs, it's a little scary uh, depending on, you know, who falls in uh, wins, uh, whatchamacallit, the seventh seed, I guess. I mean, you have – it could be Dallas. It could it could be the Warriors for some reason. Uh, Lakers. I mean, I'm probably not too afraid of anymore. That so I actually go the opposite. I'm okay with literally any team. I'm okay with Minnesota. 
I'm okay with the Warriors. I'm okay with the Clippers. I doubt Phoenix or Memphis falls that low. I'm okay with Dallas. I'm okay with New Orleans. The Lakers are the scary team to me. They really? got way too much side. Like, the Kings have not beaten the Lakers healthy this year. And their team is a lot better now. They have Jared Vanderbilt, who we just saw what Josh Hart did, did to the Kings. He can, he can do that to the Kings as well. And LeBron, AD, and then you have guys that fit around them right now. And, you know, D'Lo loves playing the Kings. Like, mm. let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. They're the team that actually scares me if the, if the Kings are going to play them. But, hey, the storylines that will come off of this. If the Kings can beat them 20 years in the making, well, 21 at this point, but, you know, 20 years in the making to avenge that loss beating LeBron James, that would be incredible. It would be for sure. But I mean, regardless, between the six and ten, everyone is scary besides Minnesota. <laughs> that's that's all I can say. I mean, even Minnesota is actually a bad matchup because like Rudy Gobert can guard Sabonis. Now, if you go small, that that's kind of what would kill what would kill them. They're gonna, they might have to take Gobert off the floor, but you know, like they they cause problems. And is really good. Let's not forget that. And Mike Conley's huge for them. And yeah. you know, they they did beat they did just beat the Kings, so that would be that would be a fun series all on its own. But like the money is literally in any other any other team, honestly. Like I would love the Warriors, I would love the Clippers. Like they've had amazing matchups th- this year, and then like Dallas would be fun. And you know, again, like the Lakers, there's a lot of storyline there, and New Orleans is, you know, I guess if Zion comes back, that'd be interesting. But we, I think we can beat New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as everyone's healthy. And that reminds me, geez, I, I forgot Cat is still, uh, you know, injured in Minnesota. Uh, and not a lot of people are kind of, let, let's just let, let's just say it's mostly national people that it seems that are asking, where's Cat? <laughs> oh, yeah. That says a lot. I mean, how long has it really been, really? He has, let's see. Let's check this right now. Minnesota Timberwolves. Roster. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Last game he played was in November 28th. Ooh. That was a four to six week injury. Oh, no. What what injury was it again? A calf strain. Calf strain? Like the calf strain, the, the calf strain itself isn't scary. It's what it actually, it's what it actually like usually leads to, which is an Achilles pop. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of what they're scared of. But at the same time, like I don't think Minnesota misses him all that much, and I think he's gone. I think he's gone after the after the season. Yeah, I, I would trade him. Like I said, I I said I'm I don't know if I said it on the podcast. I'm pretty sure, but I did say like they needed they should have traded him this off season. Like he was so bad in the playoffs. I I feel like you've said that quite a few times in like. I would say last year and the year before. And people be and people people are agreeing with me. I love it. I'm a fucking genius. For, forget <laughs> all forget all the bad predictions I made, but you know, like that 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 is one of my prouder moments. They needed they should have traded Cat for Kevin Durant. So that, that that was just how I saw it. Well, it's too late for that now. I mean, his value. I mean, it's it's still high in my opinion. It's just 
<laughs> I mean, they're making yeah. another bad trade if you trade them. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, as yeah, nothing can compete against that. Uh, how many picks Rudy went for? I'd say. Yeah. A- a- anyways, yeah. So I'm I'm not worried about any other team. I am worried about the Lakers, and you mm. go the other way. So that, that's a, that's an interesting contrast. Yeah, I mean. Anything goes when it comes to the playoffs, I feel. This is our first time for you and, know many of our guys. And, and also, we can say this is uncharted territory. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we shall see. We shall very much see. Okay. All right. Um, anything else you want to quickly bring up? Uh, not really. I mean, the next, I mean, really, next what? I don't know how many X amount of games, but it's it's gonna be a tough uh, stretch uh, with the Suns and Milwaukee on Monday. I mean, do, does Milwaukee still have the streak going on? No, they're, they're it's done. Oh, By it's the done. way, the Knicks, what the fuck? <laughs> How did you lose the goddamn Hornets before this? That's right. <laughs> God damn, we could have we could have beaten the streak, but uh, instead we now put you on a two game losing streak. Yeah, no, we we started the streak of losing for them. So, yeah, I mean, Knicks will be Knicks, I feel. Yeah, um, you know, credit to the Knicks. Like, I doubted them. I doubted Julius Randle. Like, he's been good. But, you know, like, J- J- Jalen Brunson is the man of, of, on this team. And they really, they really needed him. Yeah, hopefully he comes back healthy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, I don't think so. How about you? Uh, I'm good to go. I'm just excited to you know for Saturday's game. I want to see the Kings beat the Suns, especially now that they don't have Kevin Durant. There's a better chance they can actually beat them. I want to see them do it. Yeah. All you have to do is stop Devin Booker, and I feel like that's pretty much it. The rest of the guys, I mean, it'll it'll just come down to uh, whether you know we could guard them or uh, if they like. Or able to hit shots over us, I guess. Here's Owen's game plan. Chris Paul can't make layups anymore. Just, just, just force him to the rim. Easier so, said than done. I don't even know if the Kings have the personnel to do it. He can't make layups anymore. I mean, so far by watching how the Kings defend, it seems like we, you know, still stick to the guy and try to, you know play the best defense that we could and you know it, it always ends up with some sort of uh i guess negative uh outcome when it maybe a foul or something i don't know well we'll see how we'll see what happens okay well uh thank you guys for listening uh we'll catch you guys back on the next one yeah we'll see you guys later